Welcome in to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here, my good friend and co-host of the podcast, alongside with me, Mr. Travis Grins. Travis, how are you? Very hot out. It's warm. It's the warmest time of the year. It sucks. It has been uh, Sunday, Monday. It should be back around 85, which is cool now. So it's my least favorite time of the year mm. when you go outside, you don't do anything, you immediately sweat. Yep. Or without doing anything. Mm hmm. Uh, your vehicle is 150 fucking degrees. Yep. It's 100 degrees outside. And so, yeah, some people like this. And they post pictures of, boy, you know, remember this when it's, you know, in December and January when it's cold out. And I'm like, yes, I'm I will. Yes. I'm fine with a vehicle. Yeah. We're, we're fine. I, I feel like more and more people are fine with it being cold. Because uh, it's not going to get any cooler out, uh, according to some folks. It's going to get hotter out uh, the longer we keep living here. So it's very warm, very hot, and uh, it's so temperature. It was so bad on Sunday that I couldn't even like walk outside into the lake. We were at the lake on over the weekend, and just, I mean, it was just that it was that bad. You didn't even you just wanted to stay inside. Um, but whether you're floating down an interstate in Arkansas or in a river in Louisiana and stuff, hopefully uh, people are doing okay there with the tropical storm or hurricane Barry as it ravages the Louisiana and Mississippi coasts. And I know there's been a lot of flooding around New Orleans and stuff. Levees have been breached because the Mississippi River is so high at historic levels prior to the storm. So not a good situation down there. But uh, wherever you're floating about, uh, we hope that you are having a decent week as best as it can be. Let's uh, start over over the pond in Europe. Uh, Wimbledon has concluded, and Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic treated us to one of the best or like one of an epic all-time final uh maybe uh, for sure in Wimbledon but maybe tennis all-time uh back and forth a a long uh, fifth set eventually Novak Djokovic tops Roger Federer but um I was following along with this on my phone I was uh unable to watch it but it was sounded like quite the deal did you uh tune into this at all Probably one of the most, probably the most I've ever watched a tennis match, or, or it's up there. I don't watch tennis. I've never watched, I don't think, a full tennis match ever. I didn't watch all of this four or five hour thing. Yeah, it was almost five hours, so I would hope not. Maybe it was a little more. It was on the morning, Sunday morning, normal day, biggest tournament of the year. Two best players in the world. So I tuned in, it was on the background, you check in every once in a while, so. Yeah, I watched more than this than I have most other tennis matches ever, and never really thought Federer would win until the final set, and he had a couple of championship points to win the whole thing, and uh, once that didn't happen, Djokovic put him away, so I don't think that's ever happened, whatever happened there with Djokovic, two championship points, that Mm -hmm. Federer had two chances with the serve to, to win it and he couldn't put it away so that was his chance and uh, yeah Djokovic won it was, it was very good yeah and I mean we've been treated over the years to three of the best in the sport of all time 
Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. Uh, if you want to throw Andy Murray in there to a degree, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but he's obviously uh, re- retired and no longer playing. But, I mean, just for these two to be able to do it, you know, on such a consistent basis, I don't know, maybe it says more about the men, the state of men's tennis or not, but, you know, for these two to be able to go back and forth as much the way they do, given their age, and it, Roger Federer is, of course, older than Novak, but, uh, I mean, it is truly something special that we are witnessing. It almost feels like the golden age of tennis on the men's side with how great these three are. Yeah, I would say you've put these three. They still got some some years to go. Yep. But you, you could probably put those. So obviously in the top ten, Federer's you put in one, and you put the other two. You can make the case there in the top five. You put three in the top five of all time, and I don't know what I remember. It was two thousand two U.S. Open. It was Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, and they reached the finals. And mm-hmm. That was the deal because that was I think Pete Sampras retired after that. That was kind of the end of their run. I think they were like 30, 32. And like, oh, they were so old. The big thing was, oh, they were so old. They were 30 and 32 years old. And well, Djokovic, he was 32, and he's probably got five majors left in him. And maybe was 37. He was maybe got a couple. Mm-hmm. And... I just remember that from 15 years ago that they were so old, and here we are. So I had Serena Williams on the women's side is 37. So I don't know if it says that there's nobody else in tennis. I mean, you, sh- you should be able to compete when somebody is goddamn near 40 years old. You should be able to compete with them. Their level should drop off enough to where things should be competitive, but, but that does not appear to be happening. No, no. Again, I almost think that's that says more about the state of men's tennis as a whole than it does maybe anything else. But it also speaks to how you know how well how fit these you know the Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal are that they can be able to put on you know these the the sort of match. And, I mean, just absolutely incredible. And thank goodness that I believe Wimbledon had inserted the rule after the whole John Isner deal a few years back. Remember that where he went like, what was it, like 50-48 or something in, in one of the, the last tiebreak? I mean, that was incredible. I think they said, okay, yeah, we, we can't have this. Had that not happened, we may have seen a 50-48 finish between uh, Rafael, or uh, between Djokovic and Roger Federer. So, uh, thank goodness for that. On the women's side, Simona Halep takes down Serena Williams in straight sets 6-2-6-2. A lot of people maybe were thinking Serena Williams was going to win uh, another major and are disappointed by the result. I mean, obviously she's not the same player that she was before she had her kid and all the medical complications and stuff that pursued or ensued. Um, But she still, she will go down as the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Um, I, I don't, does it for her, does it suck that she didn't win? Yes, but I don't think the mere fact that she got, you know, she lost in straight sets 6-2, 6-2, did in this tournament. I don't think people should be disappointed by this. Sounds like the other girl played the best match she's ever played. So. Yeah, I mean, so, there we go. Uh, uh, on, yeah. the men, on the men's side, 
each of those three guys, they have one flaw. Yep. Uh, Nadal is at, obviously, the French Open. He's at, what, 11 of his 16? 11 of his 15? 12, 12, 12 out of 16, 12 out of 17, yep. Yeah, 12 out of 18 have come at the French Open. He's won one Australian Open. He's won two Wimbledons, three U.S. Open. So that's the one flaw for him is that he's the greatest clay court player ever. And two-thirds of his majors have come in one tournament. And Federer is just the opposite because the other guys were in 12 of them. Um, somehow he won one in 2009 and he reached the final three other times. Nadal must have been uh, injured that year. <laughs> yeah, or, or something. I don't know how, though. In 2009, what did Nadal do in 2009? He got knocked out in the, uh, before that. So, he doesn't have the French Open, but uh, this was the first year in like four or five years that he actually played in the thing. So, yeah, he doesn't even play in it anymore. Federer doesn't. And with Djokovic, he's won half of his things in the Australian Open, which is far and away the worst of all the majors. I don't even know why the Australian Open is a major, but it is. Uh, it's just hot as hell, that's the thing about that. So he's won seven of his 16 at the Australian Open. He also won a French, he's won five at Wimbledon, three U.S. Open. So you could maybe, I don't know, if you would put uh, Djokovic ahead of Nadal when it's all said and done, I'm not quite sure. Let's stay... Let's stay across the pond. Uh, my favorite tournament of the year is coming up, the Open Championship here at Royal Portrush. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought it was St. Andrews. That must have been last year. Uh, this uh, We are headed to Northern Ireland. Uh, I mean, this is the first time since 1951 that Ireland has hosted a, a British or an Open Championship. Yes, and it was at this uh, Royal Portrush here. I think, you know, I, so obviously I think a lot of people, we don't know what sort of thing is going to happen. Uh, I believe this is right kind of along the Atlantic Ocean. So obviously we'll, we'll get some crazy weather, some crazy winds and whatnot. Um, but this isn't, you know, a, a St. Andrews. We really don't know a whole lot about the course. I think what's most interesting to me about this I would probably put Rory McIlroy as the favorite. I would pick him to win, but the fact that it's like a it, truly a homecoming for him and Grand McDowell and uh, assuming Grand McDowell's playing and whatnot, just, just the mere fact that he's playing on his home turf, I think is going to put that much pressure on him. And I don't know if he can come through. Whether or not, I really hope Rory does win the tournament. And, of course, there's going to be, in addition to whether it's your normal kind of link-style courses, there's going to be certain, you know, like tall grass and, you know, hopefully some crazy bunkers and whatnot. But I, I think we are, this is going to be a very interesting open because it's in such unfamiliar territory. Yeah, because we haven't played this thing for seven years. So we don't know I mean, Brooks Kepka, I mean, he's, he's finished in the top two in six of the last nine majors. Yep. Top two. Was he won four of them? He's won this tournament uh, two years in a row, some damn thing? I don't know. No, no. Kepka has never won the the Open Championship, I don't believe. He's won a couple, a couple of U.S. Opens. Yep. Francesco Molinari won this last year, I believe. Yeah. 
And so he's. Well, I'm until he stops winning things and stops competing for majors, I think Kepka is the large favorites. Um, Tiger Woods, yeah. If he makes a cut, I guess that's good. Yeah, his he like, said I, that his game has not been on track or on par, so to speak, um, since the Masters, and maybe that I mean he missed the didn't, I mean he didn't play well at the U.S. Open. Uh, I believe he missed the cut at the PGA Championship, and he hasn't played a, 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 in a tournament since the U.S. Open. So for him, I mean, he says his game's not there. Are is it because you haven't been in a tournament? Is it practice? What what's going on with Tiger Woods? Um, I mean, I'd love to see him win it as well. You know, in addition to you know the Rory McIlroys and Jordan Spieth, but I don't. I don't think Tiger. It, it would be. It would be an accomplishment, I think, for him to make the cut and be competitive on a, on Sunday. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but I think I think he's done with Beatrice. He won. He won the Masters, and that was fun to see. But I think that was it. He, he's not been good since then. So I think that was it for him. McIlroy's all on him. He hasn't done anything for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept uh, kept as well all of them. My dark horse, my African American horse. Yep. John Rahm. Oh, interesting. Uh, let's let's see. If I had to go with some, I mean, Molinari is a good pick. There's always you know the Dustin Johnsons uh, to go off of. I'm gonna stay away from Brooks Kepka. And I am Xander Well, you know what? That's not a bad one either. Uh, let's see. Just pulling this up here. A couple of interesting facts that I'm looking through the field here, or a couple of interesting stories. One, Tiger Woods started uh, started waking up at 1 a.m. last week to get ready. You know, so his body can get ready for the time change and stuff. I find that to be a little peculiar. And then the other thing is, uh, apparently, Phil Mickelson has lost 15 pounds. He fasted for six days or something to prepare for the Open Championship. I don't know if the weight well, loss... That's probably not good for you. That's probably not good. No, it, it probably isn't. And I'm, I'm wondering why exactly... Like, is it the terrain? What, what, what would cause you to you know, fast for as many days as he has and, and lose the weight. I'm not I'm not 100% sure why he would do that, but um, I guess all all the more power to him. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a smart thing to lose that amount of weight and amount of time. But, and then the time change thing, I'm sure it affects you. I, I don't know. Has it I'm affected sure. him before, though? I, I mean, I don't understand why it's such a big deal this time around. change I'm sure it's a thing I really haven't experienced it I haven't traveled across the country or to another continent in you know a week or two and then you come back and I don't know it's an hour here or an hour there this is what probably six seven hours mm-hmm. I'm sure um, I'm sure it's I'm six sure that, I think six at the most I'm sure that messes with you look but at look I, at I mean, look. The weird thing is that this is the last major. Right. Because the, the playoffs are going to be starting in August. I mean, the golf season is going to be done 
before college football begins. Or right around there, which is good. Uh, one name I'm seeing here, Jazz Jane Wan Wat an Anando. Or oh my god. I don't know. This guy's name is Jazz. I'm guessing it's Yaz or something. Then Jane Watanand. Watananand or something. Hell if I know. <laughs> what a name. Jazz Janan Wananand. That's fantastic. Let's see. Um, I believe he's going to find this. Jazz, gentlemen. I can't find my spot. You know what? You know what I'm going to go with? As, a, as my dark horse, my sleeper pick to win it? Tony Finau. Sure. Tony Finau. <laughs> I think that's yeah, it. I, I hope I hope Rory McIlroy wins. I doubt he will. Just, and I think it's going to be more because of the pressure of it all. But um, I. Oh, you're making it all It's my favorite. It's my favorite tournament of the year, and I look forward to getting up early Thursday, Friday, sleeping a little bit on Saturday and Sunday, but not not too much, in order to be watching the championship. Uh, NBC is good. Yes. NBC and the Golf Channel. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, Probably every, every hole has a different name. That's weird names. Every hole got a different name. Good. That's good, right? Um, I always like to look at how the field is made up, how they're qualified. Um, if you've won this tournament before and you're under 60, 60 or under, get to uh, you get to play um, top 10 finishers in last year's gets to play if you're a top 50 player in the world you get in uh, apparently if you topped uh, you were in the top 30 at the 2018 race to Dubai uh, that is a tournament or you're in rankings or what the hell that is mm-hmm. uh, the last three BMW PJ championship winners some guy named Chris Wood it's in there. Uh, if you want a PJ Championship, uh, Players Championship, last five Masters winners, last, you know, very interesting how they come up with with the field of this. Very uh, If you won the Japan Open last year, you win it. Uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez is in this because he won the Senior Open last year. I love Miguel Angel Jimenez. It, that, again, the shot that he hit against the wall and landed on the green. I think that must have been some 10 years ago. And by the way, this is the this will be the 10-year anniversary of Tom Watson nearly winning the Open Championship at the, the age that he did. And Stuart Sink unfortunately won it. Uh, no offense to Stuart Sink, but uh, everyone wanted Tom Watson to win. That would have been something else. And Watson just couldn't pull it out. But what, what an amazing... Uh, what an amazing tournament that was. That was 10 years ago. I remember it because I was in Mankato doing my internship at KEYC. And uh, I, I remember watching it. It was just uh, unbelievable. I assume this has got to be the most diverse lineup of any major tournament. Well, I would say so because you're getting a lot of like European players and stuff. You get the ones from England and Scotland and, and Ireland. Six different Asia countries in this thing. Yep. So... And there's always guys that nobody's ever heard of that'll, that'll do good. Like, who, who in the hell is this guy? Right. 
Right. Yeah. So, definitely looking forward to, again, Royal Portrush, site of the Open Championship, this Thursday through Saturday, or this thur- Thursday through Sunday, excuse me. Um, so, very much looking forward to it. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, let's go, let's come back here to America's pastime. Uh right. Twins took two out of three from Cleveland. That was great. Uh, and the home run derby, we what's that? To, to shut these fuckers down with the the, the twins that are it was good to take two out of three. Just it was calm the flames from these irrationals. Right. Out there. But now we're now they're losing to the Mets tonight, so that's not good. Uh, hopefully they can pull one out. Um, the. Oh, the home run derby. We were recording the podcast as that was going on last week. Very, very good. Um, the All Star Game, I guess, was good. I didn't watch it. Uh, apparently, I, along with the rest of America, didn't watch it. Very low ratings. Um, I didn't see the ratings for the home run derby, but I assume those were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, this All Star. I forgot about this All Star Game about five minutes after it happened. It. I checked in periodically. I did not care about this all-star game. Um, it's, it's to the point now, like, why, why even have them? Obviously, the Pro Bowl is nothing. The NBA is a joke. Uh, hockey's done so many weird things with, with three-on-three things and whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Baseball is the most normal of them with, with the game being actually played. Normally, yep. and then the other sports play their games normally. Baseball, there's no rule difference; it's just to play a game. Yep. Well, I'm like, what's the point of having them? I mean, they, they get it. I mean, as your NBA gets a nice rating and all that, and I'm sure compared to normal baseball games, Amherst game did quite well. But compared to other ones, it didn't. Do you like? like okay. Nobody's gonna remember this game. It's just and what the. Uh, Bieber won the MVP because he struck out the side. It's like, that was dumb. He should have won the MVP. Well, he's a Cleveland guy, so that's probably why they gave it to him. Um, it was a 4-3 or something. Give it to somebody who yeah. home run. Give it to somebody who drove in a run. Not some guy who pitched one inning and got three outs. Do they you do you like the miking up of guys during the games? Is this something that Major League Baseball should do permanently? I didn't really. I think I had the game on mute, so I didn't hear it. Ah, I like it. Fine. I like. Did anyone, it. I'm sure it's it's fine. Like, did anybody say anything of notes? Like, they ask questions and. Well, I think it's. I, I, I can't remember who was. Verlander was pitching to someone. I believe it was from the Braves. Um, no. or Freddie Freddie Freeman, maybe or someone. Um. And it was, you know, just a, hey, you know, just it, he was talking to Verlander about the pitch or something, and you know, it's interesting because he's also talking to Joe Buck, John Smoltz, you know, during doing the game. And I, I don't know, I, I liked it. I think it's got some potential. They got to work with around some things, but no, overall, I, I think I think it's uh, something that at least brings a little more excitement to a game because you can hear them and understand more of the. I don't know, just more of their thoughts. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, as we mentioned, the the Twins took two out of three from the Indians, so that's good. But they need to, you know, now they have a nine-game homestand. 
Two against the Mets, four against the A's, and three against the Yankees. So, you know, these games against the Mets are very important, so hopefully they can come back and get the win here. But uh, I would say these games against the Mets are the least important. I, would, I agree, but I'm saying they're important because you need to feast on this team to get the wins. That's what I'm saying. But I, I understand your point that the A's and the Yankees are um, far more important in regards to that. Oh, the Angels pitched a no-hitter while uh, at their first home game since uh, Tyler Skaggs uh, uh, died, and that was something. They honored him during the game, and uh, you know, they all set the jerseys around the mound. It was incredible. I mean, those sorts of things make, I, at least for me, kind of make you believe, certainly believe in that higher power. Like, there's... Like, he was there in spirit. He had to have helped. That's like a true Angels in the outfield sort of moment there. You know, for them to be able to do a no-hitter, pitch a no-hitter like that on the night they were, you know, memorializing and remembering him against the Mariners, I I just think that's a really, really cool moment. That's going to be something I think that we remember from this baseball season. I hope anyway. If only Riley Reeves could have done half that good sort of memory of Tony Spilano with that. Yeah. So, yeah. What a yeah. Fort in the wind that off of the Lions. But yeah, it was, it was nice. What was the thing? They scored seven runs in the first. Yeah. And they scored 13 for the game, and his birthday is July 13th. And uh, uniforms were at 54, or no, 45, and Trout had a 454 foot home run, and all of these number of things that happened with him, so I was up. Again, there's just, I mean, you can't, I mean, that is, that defies logic or anything you know, for them to be able to do that. So that was, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, so we don't have a whole lot of baseball there to talk about. Trade deadline certainly is coming up. The Twins are, again, being mentioned. They're going to be making some moves. The Indians appear to be in a bit of a conundrum here with regards to the likes of, you know, Trevor Bauer and, and other guys like that, uh, I mean, there's talk that maybe the Rays are going to do something big. Uh, the Red Sox might be standing pat here. It's a very interesting uh, trade deadline that we're going to see here within a couple of weeks. Yeah, apparently Twins, they've talked to everybody about everybody, so it's good to see. They've got some uh, spots on the 40-man roster open now. So when they make a trade here in the next week or two, It'll be easy to fit those players in. So, Buxton's on the concussion DL. Crone and Rosario are back tonight. They got rid of the. I got rid of Mike Morin, bullpen guy. So they got rid of him. So, he's got two or three 40 man roster spots open. So they can just leave those open for a couple of weeks until they make their trade. And then they can just fit those guys in. Yes, sir. Uh, anything else we need to talk about baseball related? Dodgers are good. Yes, they are. Very, very like, good. Uh, it's, it's these wild card teams like Arizona, San Francisco, they're 15, 20 games out in the division. But they're only a couple games out. I mean, the Dodgers or the, uh, the Giants, we were out the goddamn Giants at four games under 500. Or three games back. There's no reason to go for it, or I think they should they should trade their guys. But 
second wild card spot is is anybody. Nationals look like they got a pretty good hold right now, but the second wild card spot could be any one of six teams, okay. eight teams maybe. The the National right. League is just very average this year, and and that's you know I think the whole NL you know like the NL Central is the epitome of being average. Uh, or hell, I mean, again, you know, the, if you look at the NL West, apart from the Dodgers, Arizona's the next best team at 500. Colorado's two games under 500. Giants and Padres are both four games under. So, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if things hold tonight, if, if the Twins lose this, Mets win. Uh, Pirates, St. Louis are trying to one in the seventh. Um, Phillies losing to the Dodgers, eight six in the ninth. So uh, Dodgers winning that one. So if the Dodgers beat. Philadelphia. If Pittsburgh beats Cardinals, and if the Mets beat the Twins tonight, the Mets are four and a half games up. The Mets at eight games under five hundred would be four and a half games out Crazy. of the wild card. Absolutely. So that, that, that's the, not. The Mets. Well, honestly, the only team out of it is the Marlins, and they're only twelve games out. <laughs> Every other team, even the Mets, at five and a half out. The second worst team in the National League by ninth then could be four and a half out of the wild card. So really, none of these teams are good. One of these teams, Cardinals, Phillies, Brewers, two of them are going to get left out. One of them's going to have to make it. We talked about, you know, at the beginning of the year, how bad the Marlins would be. Like they're potentially the worst team in baseball. The Tigers, I think, are take or the Orioles. I think the Tigers are yeah. taking this run here. Are we? Do we need to start paying attention to just how historically bad this Tigers team is? I'd say Baltimore. Well, Baltimore, Baltimore gives there. up. All, Baltimore gives up a lot of home runs. Detroit can't score any runs. Well, I mean, Baltimore's—they haven't won thirty games yet. Neither have the Tigers. They're—they're well, they're one away. I mean, Baltimore's got six more losses. What what is there on on pace to win? What the problem on pace to what lose 120 game? Baltimore the record yeah. is 120. They're on there. Yeah, 162. Carry the one. They're on pace to lose 114. That's a lot of games. 114 games. That's too many. They're on pace to win about two games a week. It's not fun. The the oh. Tigers are twelve and thirty two at home this year, and, and the and the Orioles aren't much better. They're worse. They're twelve and thirty five. I mean, these are historically. I almost feel like these are historically bad home records. I mean, I'd love to see what the worst home record is because both teams have won more games on the road than they have at home this year. You're gonna have Detroit and Baltimore lose a hundred. Marlins. Probably won't. Kansas City's right there. Kansas City, they're, uh... Kansas City might lose 100. Toronto probably won't, but Toronto's gonna give it a go. Could this be... I don't know how many times this happened, but you could have four teams win at least 100 games. Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, and Twins. All on pace for it. And then you could have... The, there are four teams that lose a hundred games: Orioles, Tigers, Blue Jays, and um, Tigers. Tigers, yeah, yep. 
I mean, that that's that's a cr- that's crazy. I don't think that's ever happened. I mean, I, I looked, I've looked at something before, 100 win teams and this and that. I don't think we've ever had, I don't think we've ever had four of each, especially not in the same season. I don't know if we've ever had, if we have, I would assume that's the record. I can't imagine there's ever been five. I'd say four. There's probably been three a few times. But I don't remember there being four teams that have won 100 or lost 100. Get your tickets on sale now, Friday, September 13th through Monday, September 16th, in Detroit, Baltimore, and Detroit battle it out for uh, the worst record in Major League Baseball. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. It'd be a good week to uh, pick either of those teams in the pick Yes. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. I'm struggling to... I got to fill them out. I... I well, well you're, you're struggling because you're not picking any teams. I know, I know. That's what I mean. I'm struggling to get to it. There's a lot of shit going on here, Crins. A lot of shit. Uh, the, uh, the biggest, the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, uh, trust me. When college football rolls around, we'll, we'll be ready for that. Sure, we'll be settled by then, hopefully, which would be which yeah. would be good. Um. Oh, uh, we should get to that trade in the NBA. Russell Westbrook has now joined forces with James Harden in Houston. Uh, so the Thunder yeah. uh, further show that they are going to be the worst team in the. I dare I say they're going to be the worst team in the Western Conference this year. Um, so that Phoenix will be worse. I think Minnesota's worse. No, oh, Minnesota's going to be better than Oklahoma City Thunder. I guarantee it. There's a few people that like the Thunder to be not terrible. What are these people on? They're on ESPN. Oh, I was wondering what uh, substance they need to be, because I think we need to get them tested. I always see their roster here. What's the Thunder roster? I mean... They're looking to trade Chris Paul. They're looking to trade him. I would keep him... I guess Miami's the team. I would maybe keep him, because his contract's stupid. It's ridiculous. Yep. But I, don't know, I don't know who can fit that in. You gotta take some salary back here. Yep. But you, um, let's see. I would maybe keep it in case there's an injury somewhere along the way and somebody needs a guy. They've got Chris Paul, who's good. They've got Dennis Schroeder, who's good. They've got, uh, what's Steven Adams? Steven Adams, yep. They've got three. They've got three guys who are one's an all-star and two were well above average. Uh, that the guy from the Clippers, the shy Alexander, oh. Gilius Alexander, Gilgis Alexander. Yep, he's good. From Kentucky, he's, he's okay. He's, he was a rookie last year. I don't think they'll be terrible. They may lose fifty games. I think I think there's there there are worse teams. Okay. Well, we'll see we'll see what happens. This trade if Chris Paul if, if Chris Paul's healthy and gives a shit, eh, okay. that's questionable. Right. This this trade though, um, a I I mean I think it's seventy percent of the shots for Westbrook and Harden. The rest of the team get thirty percent. I mean that's just, I think that's just how it's gonna go. I don't see this trade, though, for Houston 
pushing them ahead of the Lakers or Clippers. I think this more than solidifies them as the third or fourth best team. Uh, you know, factor in Denver and Utah and stuff. But I don't think this makes them a championship team by any stretch. And, I mean, yes, they were great in uh, Oklahoma City together, but there was some friction. There was uh, some tension, and I think that's going to be, once again, the case here. So I I, I don't know if this is a, necessarily a an experiment that's going to work out real well for the Rockets. I would say you would have to do this because you weren't going to win the other way. Very, you yes. Tried that, yep. you, you tried it. It just didn't work. It probably should have, but it didn't. So you may as well try this. I would say, I mean, you, you don't get rid of all these picks, but again, I want to see what these picks become because I don't think these picks are going to be good. Especially from the Clippers, maybe the Houston picks will be a little better, but we'll see what these picks end up being because they've got a lot of them. We'll see if they matter. May as well just rename the, the the first round over the next few years of the NBA draft, just the Oklahoma yeah, City like, first. Well, if we're picking 20th or 25th or 30th, it's like their own picks will probably be top 5, top 10. But Clippers, they're going to be, again, Clippers picks are going to be terrible. But if you, could, if you package those up each year to get two or like a, a – to jump into the first round to get a good lottery pick, you can get two of the top ten, you know, guys in the draft. That's who wants that, those picks? I don't want those picks because they're going to be, you know, twenty fifth pick, thirtieth pick. I don't want those picks. Well, give them to the Wizards because the Wizards clearly don't give a shit oh, about winning. Oh, that was a shot. Oh, <laughs> shit. oh shit! I, I, I would put them number two. I put the Clippers one. I put the rock on the Lakers. I'm not pulled on the Lakers. Those guys have got to stay healthy. It seems like it's just that same fucking bunch. Right? Right on to McGee. Fucking senior citizen center. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are we going to do this again? What, I mean, what, what? They added what? Avery Bradley. That kind of a guy. Yep, Rayshon Danny Rondo. Green, Danny Green. As, as a guy who's pretty good. Well, that helps because their three-point shooting is horrendous, so Danny Green helps add a bunch. Some of these, some of these contracts, so I don't, yeah, we, we, I talked about this before, but oh, I want I should be like a blog poster. Avery Bradley's making $5 million a year or something for the Lakers, mm-hmm. and you've got, you talked about Willie Cauley-Stein, well, he's making like $2 million for two, for, Four million for two years for Golden State. Do they just take a pay cut so they can go to these teams? Enos Cantor is going to Boston for like thirty million for three years. Yeah. Like all of our, do they just take a pay cut because they? Okay, I go to Lakers. I go to Boston. We can see maybe they can, you know, make a deep run. But they got like the Timberwolves. Who's this Jack Lehman? from Portland and they give him whatever the fuck it was 30 million for three years for Jack Lehman and yet they don't th- think to, to re-sign Tyus Jones 
after a, yeah. on a three-year, twenty-eight million. It, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. However, we can say that the Minnesota Timberwolves are your summer league champions. Congratulations! Oh wait, they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies Monday night. Oh, I was so looking forward to going to the Target Center this year and seeing that summer league championship banner in the rafters there. I'm not even going to get to see that. What a disappointment! They just just dripping, dripping with the fuck happened. Yes. <laughs> Humid as hell. <laughs> oh man! Uh, ca- hey, uh, training camps are starting up here soon. How excited are you for that? Jesus Christ! Can this can this league go away for a few years for fuck's sakes? With its wife beaters and well, when the NBA goes away and Major League Baseball go away, so can the NFL. Fuck this league. Mm. Uh, I think two years ago I missed a lot of it. Last year I missed more of it. This year the plan is to only watch the Vikings. I think it's a good. I think it's. I think I can make that happen for the most part. Good. Only Vikings this year. Yeah. This. I. I'm gonna be honest. I like the Browns. I do like yep. the Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch them. Gonna have to watch them, Chris. And, and it sucks because Patrick Mahomes seems. Very exciting, and and, and and the Chiefs seem to be a very fun team to watch. And the Rams did some shit last year. Yep, they seem to be fun. But no, no I'm beyond finished. Um, yeah, and this is a year that I mean, I just not. Yeah, oh, cool training camp start. You know what? When it gets here, it gets here. I'm. I'm just this 18 game schedule thing. No, this is stupid. What well, is in for the players to play 16 games? A, it's a fantasy football nightmare. Um, it's wow. just a stupid proposal to get people to talk. The the general population does not want 18 NFL games. Do they want fewer preseason games? Yes. Do they want more regular season games? No. I don't want to watch the Vikings if they are shitty. Or, like, think about, like, a Cardinals or a Bengals fan or something. Oh, sweet. You know, it's January 3rd, and we still got two weeks to go, and we're, you know, 10 games back of the Rams. Why the hell even go? Like, it's just it's just a way for the owners to put more money in their pockets. It's stupid. 17 games is not the answer. It's either 16 or 18. Keep it at 16. Figure it out. It's just, it, it's dumb. So, uh... Poop on you, NFL. Poop on you. Poop on all. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jalen Hurts has not been has not been guaranteed the starting quarterback position at the University of Oklahoma, according to head coach Lincoln Riley. Uh, this seems like a whole bunch of. Uh, this seems like someone else is lying to us. Cause why would he transfer and not get the job? Stupid. Uh, he's gonna get it. I want to see what he does. Because you have Alabama, and when he won a title with Alabama, and he was like, he can run a little bit, and he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's like all these other Alabama quarterbacks. Bless you. Bless you. He's like all of these you know, other quarterbacks to where I mean, their defense is great, and the, the quarterback doesn't need to do a whole hell of a lot there. And you have Oklahoma, and every quarterback who seemingly has ever gone there in the past 
decade Heisman winners, NFL number one picks. Every every quarterback in Oklahoma just killed it. Tyler Murray, Sam Bradford, Jason Whites, all the guys just number. I mean, they 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 just put up these great numbers. Yep. So what what happened when you take an Alabama quarterback who's like average and put him in the Big Twelve and put him on the best offense in the country? Now, if he tears it up, then that tells you a lot about something. If he if he puts up you know monster numbers, then if he's a Heisman finalist, you know, well, I mean, what that, does that say? I about, think that says something more about oh, the, the Oklahoma system than anything. But what does that say about the SEC? That this guy, yeah, I mean, is, is very good, um, but obviously does not put up the numbers that he would. Yeah, but the, the SEC has good defenses too. The 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 Big Twelve does not. I'm sure. I'm sure they've got. They, they do have good defenses and all the picks that they have in the first round that go to the NFL. But how much is it? Is that the offenses just are not good? I think that's in part yes, but are the offenses but not good because the defenses are so good? Make, make this the first reference to the LSU quarterback so the season. Ah. Yes. They're going with Joe Burrow again. Mm, that again. seems like a mistake. He's a guy. He's fine. But again, what, what, uh, what else we got? Georgia's got to do. But, um, who's the Georgia dude that everybody loves? Uh, from. Jake Fromm. He's, he's supposed to be great. And, oh, I mean, who, who else do we have? Florida. Florida's Felipe Franks or something like that? Who? Felipe Franks or whatever? Yeah, Felipe Franks for Florida. And then they've had terrible quarterbacks for as long as I can remember since Burger left. Since Tebow left. I mean, the defenses are great, but these these offenses, these quarterbacks are not good either. No. Well, I cannot say that the quarterbacks haven't been good at all. Both things can be true. The defenses can be great and the quarterbacks can be awful. College football is uh, coming uh, ever so close. We're looking forward to another year of that. We'll get Charlie on here. Uh, Charlie Hildebrand will make his triumphant return. We'll be talking college football with him weekly or on a bi-weekly basis. So that's that's a good thing. We'll look at that. I don't have anything else other than I watched the SBs Wednesday night. I know. I know. Um... To no surprise, the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team won the uh, won you know best team. Good for them. Did, did they win the best soccer team? Or did they win best women's team here? Best soccer team here? Well, I would hope so, but they just won best team overall, so that's good. St. Louis Blues won best comeback, so that's great. Uh, Tracy Morgan should never ever host anything again. He needs to go away for good. ESPN should be ashamed of themselves for even considering him to be a the MC. I don't care that you got hit by a truck anymore. I know about the story. I don't need it in your monologue. It, your monolo- monologue needs to be talking about sports. I don't need you to talk about male genitalia in your ESPN Monday Night Football commentary skit, especially when you have Drew kids in the uh, in attendance, like Drew Brees' kids. Um, it's just stupid, and 
they better redeem themselves big time next year. Uh, otherwise, I think fewer and fewer people are going to give a shit at all about this event. Um, so poop on you, ESPN, for your Tracy Morgan decision. Bring Peyton Manning back. Uh, make him a full-time host. That's the way to, to get people to watch. But uh, a shameful, shameful performance, a shameful decision by ESPN with Tracy Morgan. I don't, find, I don't find him all that funny. I don't find Robert Riggle funny at all. No, no, no. Sure, these guys are, have made millions and they're worth billions of dollars. And I don't find them good at what they're supposed to be good at. Yeah, I, I find them funny. How does that happen that these guys have been paid millions to do this stuff and I don't find them funny, I don't find them creative. I find them not good at what they're supposed to be good at. Why don't uh, why don't we try uh, Frank Caliendo in there? That would be fun. I'd like Frank Caliendo. I don't get how Blake Bottles has a job. I don't get how Josh Allen has a job. I don't get how any of these guys have jobs. Ponder had a job. Thankfully, his job didn't last very long, but his job lasted probably two years longer than it should have been. And Blaine Gabbert, Jake Locker, all of these guys. And we know what I talk about all the time. How do these guys make... $50 million. And they're the, the worst that there's ever been. Fuck. What a, what a life. What a life. <laughs> Where's Blake Bortles even these days? Blake Bottles. Is he still he's with the, the Jaguars? He's the backup for the Rams. Oh, yeah. Shit. Just see how much... Uh, wow. You, clearly, you're paying more attention to the NFL than Obviously. I am. Obviously. He's been on uh, with the, the one podcast. The... Uh, the Adam Schefter podcast? No, for Christ's sake. The, uh, the good one. Uh, the PFT commentator podcast. Oh, with Big Cat? Podcast, whatever that one. Yeah, whatever the hell that's called. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. one last thing. And then uh, whatever you have here. Uh, a lot of NFL players are getting upset about the Madden ratings. Uh, four players got 99s. Khalil Mack. Uh... DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Bobby Wagner, and Aaron Donald. Bobby Wagner, of course, being the surprise in that bunch. Uh, but, you know, Demarcus Lawrence asking Cowboy Nation to boycott Madden because he got an 89 to Eric. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, defensive end for the Cowboys. Uh, to Eric he got an 89. He got an 89. Eric Ebron got an 86. The. He did lead all tight ends last year with 14 touchdowns, but uh, and he, you know Trey Burton was ranked ahead of him and Tyler Eifert. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I think you have maybe a bit of a a complaint for those guys, but come on, like just shut up. Like, who would have ever thought that Madden ratings on a game would drive so much, you know, disdain and you know just. Uh, calling for a boycott of Madden? Shut the hell up. I, I could give a shit about the Madden race. I mean, how could these guys care? These also millionaires, multi-millionaires, give a shit what their rating is. The goddamn video game. Like, I, I couldn't imagine if I was rich and famous and they were paying me Stephen A. Smith money. Like, I would give a shit about what somebody said to me on Twitter what fucking rankings had me high or low or 
I wouldn't give a shit about any of this. Right. The fuck would I care? <laughs> I know. The I... fuck would I care about if Skip Bayless said something? Like, like fuck. Him and his 1.1 or 1.4 points per game in high school. Always gets brought up. Boy. It's always funny. I don't. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't, either. I don't get it. Anything else at all from you? Yeah, there was something on Dan Patrick today. Like they ranked like the top five or ten most like well-known sports broadcasters or personalities or something. I can't find it. I saw it, but I can't find it. Peyton Manning was number one. I mean, Dan Patrick was fourth. But, but he's not a broadcaster. Like sports people that don't play, I guess. Dan Patrick was fourth. Um, he got, he's in commercials. Pete Manning. Bob Costas like, at all? Up there? I, I, all I remember is he was fourth. Peyton Manning was one. Well, if you find this list, we can talk about it next week. Because I'm interested yeah, I, in it. It's, yeah. So was that. Okay. And, um... Trump stuff this week. It did get bad. It is. It, it's, it's very worse. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. There's no bar low and disgusting. It, it's embarrassing. Just uh, the whole thing. It, it, words you can't even put words to it anymore. It, it's so sad. And everybody that supports them is just sad. So. Well said. Plenty, plenty to talk about in the next year and a half. Yep. Oh yes, indeed. All right. Uh, unless you have anything else, I think we'll we'll wrap this up here. Quite the, the the shorter podcast this week, but that's what we expect in the middle of summer when nothing is going on. It's only an hour. Very good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my friend. You have a good week. Uh, stay cool down there in Mitchell. Hopefully, the humidity leaves. Yeah. Get some storms. Uh, you don't have to go storm chasing or do anything like that. Get called in. But uh, have a good week, and I'll talk to you next week. Travis Krenz joining us here Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. And yes, it's a a very short podcast this week, under an hour. You can listen to the Sports Block Podcast and any of the other longer edition Sports Block Podcasts on our, you know, just search uh, the Sports Block in iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis at Travis Krenz. Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Yeah. All-Star Games in the books. Now it's just baseball. NBA free agency is winding down. Training camps are starting up. We'll talk NFL in August. We'll talk plenty of college football in August. We'll get Charlie Hildebrand at some point. We will be taking a brief hiatus more than likely for a couple weeks as the stacking crew moves to St. Cloud whenever that is. Maybe someone can buy our house. If you're listening, you're looking for a house in Fargo, come see me. Let's... Make a deal. And with that, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Sacken saying thank you. Have a great week. And for Travis, I am Nathan. Talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.